Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Rumcast. This is the podcast where we talk all things rum with the people who love and shape the category. I'm Will Hookinga, and on the other line, as always, I have your other host, John Gola. How's it going, John? Hey, I'm great, Will. Um, life is good here in Miami, and uh, experienced some really good rums lately. Excited for today. Why do uh, you but always hey- have to throw in everyone's <laughs> face that you live in Miami? You're always like, life is great down here in Miami. Like, I'm sitting up here in cloudy, gray rainy Nashville today and you're just like throwing it in in not only my face but everyone's face who doesn't get to live in a tropical paradise well it's more to throw in your face will more than anybody else <laughs> I you know I, uh, but it is nice here in Miami although we've seen some 50s recently so I imagine Ooh. a lot of the country is suffering greatly yeah, uh, but that's uh, terrible I feel you know, horrible I, for you yeah 50 degree I, I, temperatures is rough I can't help it if I love Miami and I love this place and it's such a nice rum place, Will. Yeah. You know, I just have to to, to laud its uh, its qualities. Um, but it, hey, Will, before we get into our rum content for today, I did want to ask you something. Okay. Have you seen the TV show on Disney Plus, WandaVision? Yes. Well, as soon as you said Disney Plus, I knew that I had not seen it because <laughs> I don't, don't Disney. I don't get Disney Plus. I didn't get the Disney Channel growing mm-hmm. up as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was always envious oh of it. And I think God. it's kind of grown or like rooted some Disney resentment in my life because I'm I'm not one of those people that like wants to go to Disney World or anything. Yeah. Uh, and I know some people love it. I know a lot of the rum fans out there, they're always going on and on about Trader Sam's and Disney uh-huh. this, Disney that. Yep. And so... Um, I guess I'm just being mis- Mr. Anti-Disney on the podcast today, I think but... we just have to cancel the podcast now, Will. I think that's it. We're <laughs> done. We're done you here. asked me if I'd seen All one right, show on Disney Plus and I just like <laughs> flamed the entire Disney brand. So I'm sorry about that. Please, please tell me about the show. All right. Well, okay. So that that's understandable. It's fine. I'm a, I, you know that I'm not only a huge rum geek, but I'm just like a big geek in general. Right. I and do so know that. I, I love the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Do you, have you even seen like any of the Marvel Cinematic movies or I honestly like I have not seen any of them since Goodness like whenever gracious. the first like X-Men movies came out. Oh my god, like, that's I not even seen MCU. Avengers oh. like I oh, only know I only know Thanos from from the memes, you know, oh, online. Wow. I don't I, yeah, and okay. this is this is completely beyond on me but right. but but please like continue. i'm gonna talk right past it. you there yeah. but I, I will say that for those of you out there listeners uh wandavision is really creative and i really missed the mcu over the last year a lot because there hasn't been any content until now i thought i know some people are a little put off by the early episodes because they're, they're doing this weird kind of sitcom shtick Okay. Uh, that is very different and, and unique, but I promise that listeners hang in there because if you get through episode four, you will be rewarded. It is really awesome and really cool. So WandaVision, that's the yes. name of it? Okay. Yes, it's WandaVision, which you you would know, you know, Will, if you spend some time in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe that Wanda is Scarlet Witch Wanda is. and Vision is I Vision. know Wakanda. <laughs> no, no, this is totally separate. <laughs> this is going way far out. Um, all right, let's bring it back, though. That led me to thinking as I was watching this. Uh-huh. I, as I said, I love the Avengers. I assume you do know at least the Avengers, right? You know, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk. Yes, Captain I'm, America. I'm, I'm familiar okay. with the characters' names. You know, we can consider them like a cultural touchstone at this point. Oh, most definitely. People, not Will, but for everybody part, else. Part of the, the, Z, the Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist? <laughs> yes. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Yes. Good German yeah. word there. Um, so I wanted to ask you and maybe then our listeners, who are the Rum Avengers out there? So I, I know that the Guardians of Rum exist, and this isn't competing with that in any way. I mean, just purely for fun and like discussion, who are the Rum personalities that we would like cast as the Avengers for Rum? So I, I'll give you, I'll start. Okay. Okay. Richard Seal is a shoe in for Iron Man. 
in okay. pretty much every way. And I, I guarantee you there will be a high level of agreement there. So I think his uh, ability to innovate and uh, his uh, general demeanor very much matches up with Iron Man, which I guess that pretty much makes Scale Seal Pepper Potts or Rescue. <laughs> as well okay um, so i'm not going to be as good with matching them up with the personalities yeah, but i yeah. feel like i can throw out some rum people who definitely should be in in the conversation, the conversation I, yes. I can't map them to the right characters but like i mean that's yeah, the I feel like we'll, we'll let them do i it. feel like yeah. richard seal is one joy spence has to be in there yes you're gonna want luca gargano probably yeah. to throw like a non-distiller out there yep, um yep, yep. Let's Maggie see. Campbell, I Maggie believe. Campbell Maggie for Campbell. Sure. Although when she was on the show, I think she picked she DC, DC Comics You're over right. Marvel. Oh, didn't she's she? out. She's out. She's that's out. it. That's it. Sorry, she's Wonder Woman, which is great, you know. But that's that's a separate universe. Yeah, I love it. So this is a. I, I, I like where this has gone. Uh, if you're listening and you have thoughts on who should be included as the Rum Avengers cinematic universe and which character they should be, send those in to uh, host at rumcast.com. That's host at rumcast.com. We would love or, to to hear those and maybe maybe read a few of them. On yeah, a future or episode. leave us a comment on social media too. That's another way. You know, we can we can start this conversation and have it fire off on Facebook or. Or Instagram, definitely. Yeah. So uh, Rumcast uh, on Instagram or Facebook too. Okay. So l- let's get into some Rum stuff proper here. Yeah. Let's get um, into it. <laughs> um, we received some really good feedback, Will, from our first rerum segment back Ooh, in uh, episode eighteen. Yeah. And and I think people liked it and uh, they enjoyed that as a segment. So I figure that means it's time we do another one. Why not do it again? Yeah. I think you know we have we have a great interview to get to today uh, with St. Lucia Distillers. Um, yes. So I want everyone to know that that is coming, but. Before we do, I, I am prepared and ready to go with today's rerun segment. Excellent. So I guess for those of you who may not have heard back in episode 18, as a reminder, this is a recurring segment where recurring segment where Will and I get back into our existing rum cabinet and look to highlight a rum that we haven't really seen or visited or tasted in a while. And I guess we, we take a sip of it again with fresh eyes, or I guess that would be fresh tongue fresh Um, (laughs) fresh taste buds fresh taste buds um and then we talk about it and we call that segment the rerum so will why don't why don't you i think start this time and let's go through yours yeah so i picked a rum that i've mentioned on the podcast before and uh long time listeners may remember it uh Mm -hmm. from a segment we did about disappointing rums Mm -hmm. and what to do with them uh, I mentioned a rum back then that uh, was given to me as a gift, and I went into it with very high expectations because it was a rum that I'd seen pop up again and again as people's mm. favorites. And ultimately, my first impression of it was I, I was it was on a, a segment about disappointing rum, so I was disappointed, obviously. Yeah. Um, that rum was Santa Teresa 1796 gotcha. um, from Venezuela, which again, I, I see people recommend this rum all the time. People whose you know tastes I feel like are are similar to mine. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's one of those like you know broad appeal rums. I feel like, and so I wanted to go back to it, give it another chance, um, and so I have a a fresh bottle of it right here um, mm. that I got actually because I'm participating in an online tasting this week mm-hmm. um, with Santa Teresa. So I'm looking forward to it. I got into it a little bit early, <laughs> and you know. No, not enough Here's, willpower. Oh, God, no, no, I, I did it. Ever. I did it. I did it for the podcast. You know, we needed some content. So, <laughs> okay, um, okay. You know, I think I think the problem 
with my first experience with this rum was I, when, when I come to a new rum for the first time, my mm-hmm. perspective is always, especially with something I'm excited to try. I, I get excited about like, is this something that I'm going to love, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't match that, it's like the first feeling is disappointment. Right. Right. But what, what I'm trying to get myself to be able to do better is not necessarily to always analyze is this like something, how does this weigh compared to my expectations, but try to analyze it for like what it is. Um, why so why do objective. other people, if yeah. I don't like this, why do other people love it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was bringing that perspective to this rum again for the second time, because like I said, it's something that lots of people really love. And so mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to, you know, come to it with fresh eyes and, and see. Sure. And I do have, I will say a much better impression of this rum this time uh, than I did the first time. You know, there's there's some things about it. Uh, I don't gravitate towards 80 proof rums as right. something to just, you know, um, sip on their own that much. Uh, so I, I think last time, initially, I was already kind of like setting myself up to not really like it just because yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, but I will say it drinks really well um, for its proof. And, uh, you know, another another brand that we'll talk about in the interview, actually, that I, uh, that uh, releases most of its rums at 80 proof is Admiral mm-hmm. Rodney. That's right. Um, and that's one another one favorites. that I think mm-hmm. tastes really great. Like I'd still if I had my druthers, um, <laughs> I'd love that rum at a slightly higher proof. Um, druthers? I had to How throw out the you, word Will? druthers there. Are you, um, <laughs> are you an octogenarian? Is that, yeah. that word feels uh, interesting and dangerous? I am an old man at heart. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I think there's still something a a few things that i appreciate about this rum it is a solera rum Mm -hmm. which can produce some controversial mixed feelings for people and you knew Um, that going in yeah yeah and and what i appreciate about it is on the label of the rum i think usually what people get frustrated with solera is it'll be a solera rum and they'll put a number or even sometimes an age statement on the rum that's just tied to whatever the the oldest rum that goes right. into the blend is right. um or just some random number in general yeah exactly yeah, yeah like i won't name any specifics mm-hmm. but like 23 mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that just mm-hmm. to throw one out there is totally random Michael um, <laughs> but on the bottle like it says solera rum there is a number but it's 1796 so it's pretty mm-hmm. clearly a year um yeah. no one's going to confuse that for an age statement and would like, be cool on, though on the back, it doesn't say anything about rums up to X amount of years. There's 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 nothing about the age at all. It just says Solera rum. Right. Um, so I think I, I like the way it feels like a good representation. They're not trying to trick you or, you know, pull the wool over your eyes mm-hmm. or anything. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. There is some kind of lingering sweetness with this rum that feels a little too sweet to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that can also be perhaps why it appeals to a lot of people who are newer uh, to rum. I agree. You know, kind of a, an easy transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does, it has some really nice qualities. And I, I don't like, I'm going to sound like an idiot here, but you know, sometimes you have ways you describe things in your head that only yeah. make sense to you. Yes. Um, because Every day not, for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't have the, the, reviewers tasters vocabulary yet to communicate you know the things i pick out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there's this one quality that i pick up 
sometimes and in my head i call it barrel perfume um hmm. it, it's it's kind of like the it's like the qualities of of a barrel so you know oak vanilla some of that toastiness but it kind of meets this almost like floral quality okay um and when i feel that in rums in my head i say barrel perfume um hmm. it's something i get from Foursquare rums a lot right Right. Um, and I really like it. And I detect a little bit of that in this rum. And so I, you know, I have a, a much better impression of this rum the second time around. Yeah. It's, it's still, you know, not something that I would go back at again and again to, to buy a bottle, but I have a greater appreciation now for what it is and why people do like it. So yeah. that is mine. And, and, you know, we, we did learn that rum uh, and perfume do, do have some crossover there. So oh, that's totally. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and also I agree with your statement about it being kind of a transition, a good rum for transition. And that's not to mean it's relegated only to that. Cause I know yeah. there's plenty of people who are rum lovers who still love this rum. Exactly. And that's, exactly. that's great too. But I, I will back up your statement by saying, I don't know if I recall telling you this story, but recently uh, a friend of mine retired at work and mm. I gave him a bottle of Santa Teresa 1796 as a retirement gift. And he texted me back, I think it was one day later saying they drank the entire bottle in one night. Wow. <laughs> and he, he, so he was kind of a person who dabbled in rum a little bit. Okay. He knew a little bit more, you know, but also wasn't a, a rum geek any sure. uh, by any standard like us. Uh, or So I agree that that's the, the, a great rum that kind of takes the next step into complexity for people. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good rum for that purpose, uh, for sure. And and I appreciate it for its qualities as well. I think they do a good job. I, I think that's a good pick and, and a good re-rum review. So what about you? What have you got for us today? Okay, so I have two reasons for choosing this bottle as my re-rum today. Uh, the first is going to be very obvious. And the second, perhaps, is slightly more interesting for discussion, but interestingly tied into what you talked about. Okay. So I'll start off with a a quick story of how this came to be back in, I think it was August of 2019, way back when the world was a a better place. um, My wife wanted to buy a nice rum for my birthday. And so wisely, instead of guessing herself as to what that would be, she had decided to surprise me with a trip to a nearby well-known liquor purveyor uh, with a very broad rum selection. That's fun. So she was like, hey, let me know what you want and pick out pretty much whatever bottle you want. And needless to say, I was like a kid in a candy store. It's like when your uh, parents take you to Toys R Us as a kid. Exactly. And it was so awesome. And yeah, Melissa, by the way, if you're listening, let's do that again. That was awesome. (laughs) Best birthday gift ever. So after much deliberation on my part, uh, probably too much time, I went uh, with the Chairman's Reserve 1931 bottle. Oh, okay. I see the tie-in now. I see the connection. Yes. And it retailed for about $100 uh, mm-hmm. when I bought it. So it was, especially back then, I was just starting to break into higher price point rums. Yeah. Uh, and so this was one of the the initial investments that was a little bit higher for me. Sure. So I had had also a couple of St. Lucia rums at this point already, but I felt like I was ready to step up that and, and I would feel confident I would enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's where things get a little bit more interesting. I get home and I open this bottle and this is my thoughts from way back when as I'm remembering it. And I liked it. Mm-hmm. But I'd hesitate to say at that point that I loved it. And I compared it against my beloved Admiral Rodney's uh, mm-hmm. bottle and a few other St. Lucia rum samples I had around. And I could immediately tell the 1931 is more complex. It okay. had more depth. But I, I think that it wasn't my favorite at that point in the St. Lucia lineup. So now fast forward to maybe six or even eight months later and I go back to it and I, I did enjoy it a little bit more. I didn't remember doing any A-B testing or anything. But now let's talk about I've gone back to this as my rerum just last night and today. Okay. And I sat down with this bottle thinking, all right, and boom, 
let me tell you, there is something different here. And Will, I, I shit you not, you can call me names, you can tell me it's in my head, but I'm telling you that this bottle has somehow matured or something is different. I think you're different. And I, okay, I agree. You're probably right. <laughs> I mean, you said this was back in 2019, your last experience. So I think we're all different people at this point. Let's be honest. I agree. And I thought that as well, that that's a possibility here. We've all aged um, 10 years in the last, in the last year and a half. <laughs> that's a good point. I, that's a very good point. Um, so the bottle's about one third gone now, which is, I think, important for part of the discussion. And I wanted to ask you, has, I was going to ask you, has this ever happened to you before? Mm. I think you kind of confirmed it with maybe a little bit of the Santa Teresa and evolution. But have you ever had this happen to you where you've gone back to a rum and it's gone from just okay to freaking amazing? So, yes, um, but I I think it's always happened. Be, I, I've never suspected that it was some kind of change in the bottle. I, I know sometimes if you like open a bottle and let it breathe, kind of, you know, people mm-hmm. will say that it can open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've personally experienced that, but I'm also, I'm not the like... I'm not the type of person to like really take detailed notes of my impressions or like write down my thoughts on stuff Mm, like that. mm. So it's really just kind of like shooting from the hip analysis when I compare my enjoyment of something at some point to it in the past. You know, I don't have like ratings to kind of like compare them to. Sure. Um, So I've always just suspected it's like, oh, you know, something has evolved with my tastes or I'm just, you know, it's the context that I'm trying it in now that is causing me to respond to this differently. Right. I I agree with you. And I think clearly my taste has evolved over that span of time too. But I I, I mean, I'm telling you right now, this 1931, I would put it up against my favorite rums ever at this point. What about, um, how does it compare, because I, I know you've had some experience with the Chairman's Reserve Master Selections. Yeah. How does it compare to those? Well, so I only had samples of those, the ones that we did with the Florida Rum Society pick that is coming out too. And mm-hmm. I've had a couple other Master Selections as well, which have all been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the the difference here, I believe, is in the blend, which we talk about a lot in the yes. interview today. And, and we get in more in depth into that. And um, I think there's a difference in terms of the pot versus column blending here. There's a difference in terms of some of the aging components. And I know that even this one has uh, a slight bit of uh, sugarcane juice. Right, the sugarcane juice distillate. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the difference or if other chairman's reserves have also incorporated some of those, not all of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say this. I, I, I guess let me give my briefing brief tasting notes here okay. uh, of what it is and, and a little information so that people are aware of that. So this is the the fifth edition white label 1931. Okay. And uh, this was bottled in 2017. It's a 46 ABV, which for me, that sits just right there. It's an aged blend of the column and pot stills between six and 11 years old. I, I will also say, and I know that we differ in this subject, but uh, the bottle is lovely. Uh, it's a wide <laughs> Wait, I've and never thrown shape. any shade at the at the 1931 <laughs> bottles. I've just pointed out that oh, I no, think no, no. I think yeah. you're I think I think the fancier bottles kind of tug at your heartstrings a little bit. They absolutely do influence <laughs> me. I'm not even, I make no mistake that uh, I, they do. But I love presentation, and I feel like for me, when the presentation matches the rum, it, it enhances mm. the overall experience. Sure. And yeah. this presentation, the chunky cork stopper, the small little label that shows off the gorgeous rums like maple syrup color here it it just works for me i love Um, a chunky cork stopper yeah so so one of the best features on this is the nose it's a wonderful nose and it's one of those rums that like comes out and meets you and says hi before you even get a chance to like acknowledge it and properly knows it 
<laughs> yeah, but it, I I love that about it, and you can certainly get what I get is maybe like I don't know I'm I'm reaching here too like Willie like you said my vocabulary is not up to par with this, <laughs> but like brown butter and dark chocolate mm, uh, yeah. are two things I get, and I, you certainly get the pot still influence in mm-hmm. the nose. In terms of taste, I think it's really complex as I mentioned and deep character. You get the hints of the oak and the spice, but it's not overpowering. There is a sweetness to it, but it's understated, which is just kind of the way I like it. And I think it was most interesting for me was how all of the different stills that they use in St. Lucia distillers are incorporated into this product in such a way that it makes it just freaking fantastic. So Yeah, I think one of the we like as you mentioned, we touch on the 1931 blends right. uh, with Denny Duplessis on the the interview coming up who is the master blender and I think one of the interesting things about 1931 was like for the, the first few years it was like a new distinct blend every year yes. and it's only been in recent years that they've settled on kind of like a, a foundational like it's it's the same blend basically um, but year in order year, to right. create that blend they kind of went back to all those individual 1931 blends yeah. and like what are the best components for each of these and like how do we combine them into what's going to be the kind of static blend going forward and right. I really enjoyed getting to hear him talking uh, talk about that um, <laughs> I swear and, I didn't plan this but it's kind of like the Avengers of St. Lucia rum <laughs> it, see, <laughs> it's got all the best parts circle. <laughs> nailed the intro this week Bam. I love it um yeah, that's that's great. And I, I think all of this is just, you know, kind of why we wanted to do this rerun segment in the first place is it's just fun to kind of go back to rums we've had before mm-hmm. and see how our thoughts have shifted over time. So thank you for sharing. And with all that said, I think we should get over to the interview now, which this week, uh, as as we've mentioned, is with St. Lucia Distillers, specifically with CEO Margaret Montplaisy and master blender Denny Duplessis. And yeah, I mean, our conversation kind of runs the gamut. I think one of the things we first think about when we talk about St. Lucia distillers is just like the sheer variety of all the distillates they're able to produce there. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk about the four different stills they have. Um, the different making casts. both molasses-based uh, rum yeah, and sugarcane yeah. juice uh, rum. That's They're growing right. 15 acres of sugarcane there on site, and uh, also the wide variety of barrels that they've yes. been using uh, for a really long time, actually. And we we talk a lot about how the vision of uh, Laurie yeah. Barnard, uh, who is was uh, part of the family, you know, that started the distillery and uh, who unfortunately passed away in 2012, but how his kind of vision was mm. really ahead of its time in, you know, what this rum distillery should look like. And um, yeah, so I'm excited for people to hear this. Should we get into it? Let's do it. It was a great interview. I, I was really happy with uh, the, the amount of passion that these yeah, uh, people have comes through so much in spades. And that it was such a fun conversation. So let's get to it. Hey, Rumcasters. If you love rum like we do, there are six simple but meaningful words that are likely to get your attention. Single barrel, cask strength, no additives. Those six words are the whole premise behind the single cask rum releases from Holmes Key, the sponsor for this episode of the Rumcast. Holmes Key seeks out the world's best rums and releases them unadulterated and at cask strength in limited editions. Check out their website at homeskey.com to learn about current releases distilled at places like Foursquare in Barbados, Demerara Distillers in Guyana, Traveler's Liquors in Belize, and South Pacific Distilleries in Fiji. And be sure to look out for new releases of limited editions that are releasing soon in 2021. Find them at Homeskey, that's H-O-L-M-E-S-C-A-Y dot com. Now back to the show. 
All right, so we are here with Margaret Monplaisy and Denny Duplaisy, the CEO and Master Blender, respectively, at St. Lucia Distillers. And I wanted to tell you both, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like every time I turn around and talk to someone about rum in my life right now, your distillery keeps coming up. I think John and I have probably mentioned it just yes. anecdotally in like the past three or four episodes we've done. And so I feel like it's just meant to be that we need to, to, to talk about St. Lucia Distillers right now. It's like it's having its, this, this little moment in our lives. So I'm really happy that you're yeah. both here to talk about it with us today. You've just made my day. Oh, wow. <laughs> a pleasure. Oh, wow. Always a pleasure. Ah. Oh my God! After this, um, <laughs> well, you, there are no you accidents. You became my, so. <laughs> you became my new best friends. Okay, excellent. <laughs> that is exciting news. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I, I don't know. It just feels like um, there's just like energy around St. Lucia rum right now. I, I, I know me personally, you know, I, I'd had like Chairman's Reserve Original and stuff like that, mm-hmm, but it wasn't mm-hmm. until the past year or so that I really was oh. like, I really want to get to know this distillery more. Um, okay, you know, so okay. I started diving into some of the master selections, mm-hmm. getting to know the individual stills a little bit more, getting some Admiral Rodney in my That's life. Right. Thanks to John, my co-host. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> I so love it's the been, Admiral Rodney. Yeah, it's just, it's just been this exciting year of discovering this, this whole new kind of category of rum. So we're excited well, to talk about it with you. That is really good to hear. Um, I mean, this the the awareness of St. Lucia Distillers um, really has come about with the investment with um, the company GBH purchasing St. Lucia Distillers in 2016 yep, yep. Mm-hmm. and um, us being now part of the Spirit Bam group. For mm. many years, we were there making our rum quietly, but you know, <laughs> never... We didn't have the confidence. I mean, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we had Laurie Barnard, who was leading our company, who was very much right. into making all these beautiful definitely, rums. Definitely. But it wasn't about making money. And he didn't do it for money or anything. It was about making rum. He, he loved rum. He lived rum. Mm-hmm. And that's all we did. And it was St. Lucian's got to enjoy it for all these years. So having GBH come on board and the Spirit Bam group now, um, really taking our rooms global right. and seeing the response. That's why I said you guys are my new best friends. <laughs> Just seeing and hearing, you know, it almost brings tears to our eyes, you know, and, yeah, and, and yeah. really makes us at St. Lucia Distillers feel good, you know, um, and it makes a country feel good. When St. Lucians travel and they see our products around the world, it's like people send back pictures for us. They, oh, wow. they come out on the media. I mean, so it, cool. If it is a proud moment oh, for yeah. St. Lucians and for St. Lucia. So thanks, guys. I'm really, um, really happy to head. And a lot of work has gone into making us who we are today, you know? Yes, Absolutely. And, and, you know, before we, we talk about the rum itself, we, we always like to start by talking a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got where you are. And, and Margaret, I, I want to start with you because I heard th- I heard you refer to this story quickly in another interview recently. And I have to ask, is it true that you first started working for the Barnard family as like a summer job while you were in school? Yes, yes, that is absolutely true. I had my holiday job every summer I would go and uh, the Barnards owned hotels along uh-huh. with the distillery. And um, it was really with Laurie's brother Craig every every um, summer he gave me a job and I mean obviously I used that money to buy my school books and so and um, 
So it was guaranteed. And so as soon as I left school, um, I didn't immediately join the company, but I went working elsewhere first. And then Craig Barnard walks in and he sees me. Then he goes, wait a minute. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be working for us. Wait, where, where, was, where was this other place you were working? That did, it, he, was a, it, it, was car, it was a car dealership. He came in to buy a oh. car mm. and I had applied for a job there because it was very close to my home within walking distance, you know, so it uh-huh. was convenient. And he was so upset and he insisted that I had to come back and work with them. And that's when he put me in charge of this, of a distribution company that they had in place, um, Barbie, which then meant that I started selling rum from St. Lucia distillers. <laughs> and that's how <laughs> the whole process started because as the rum grew, then his brother who was managing, so Craig managed the hotel side of the business and continues to this day. They own two hotels, Rendezvous mm-hmm. and Les Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurie managed the distillery and he, ha- he was into, um, he had a, a farm and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Laurie then interact, started interacting with me much more as I would be selling um, St. the rums being produced by St. Lucia Distillers. And he said, wait a minute, why doesn't St. Lucia Distillers take over Margaret and that distribution company and really focus on getting our rums, you know, and taking our rums to the new level? And then, so after 10 years of working with under Craig's guidance, I then started to work fully under Laurie's guidance. And he became my mentor and he took me on my journey um, through rum. So yes, I started selling it and then I started learning about producing it. I got into the operations of St. Lucia Distillers. I started looking after HR and, you know, the whole operating side, working alongside Laurie. In the meantime, learning the process, learning about rum and um, really catching, I mean, his passion and the love he had of rum. It, it was contagious. Denny has been around for a few years. And I mean, Denny caught on to that as well. Everybody, oh, yes, you speak to definitely. Ian, you speak to Lennox, you speak to definitely. Michael. Um, everybody on our team, they're all, everybody's all gung-ho and excited about rum and what, where rum can Indeed. take you. So yes, Indeed. so that's how my journey started. And that's how, of course, Laurie passed in 2012. And I became his successor at that point. I, I continued to run the company um, since his passing. Well, since yeah. being owned by GBH, we now have a, a, a new French boss, a managing director who's come on board, Mr. Leger. But um, I'm still there working with the team at doing the best job we possibly can. Right, Danny? <laughs> yeah, of course, Definitely. So, so you you sold the Bernard family a car, and they sold you on a love of <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, I like that version. Yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> so that's it. Yes, that is indeed what happened. Great. So, uh, Denny, we'll turn to you. So, I know you became a master blender back in October. I think it was of, of 2020. And, yes, uh, yes, but I, that's I, correct. Margaret said you've been on the team for years. Before we we kind of talk about that, I, I wanted to zoom way out and hear a little bit about how you got started with rum in the first place and what led you to where you are now at St. Lucia Distillers. Okay, well, I've been around St. Lucia Distillers for the past 12 years. Um, okay. I started when I came in, I came in as a lab assistant, um, basically carrying out lab duties in terms of quality control and quality assurance checks. And over the years, I grew up where I became the quality control inspector where I handled some of the process checks, but I went deeper into raw material inspection. And of course, part of that 
quality control checks involved um, sensory analysis where I got involved a little deeper. Um, I was privileged to do some training through the Whisper group with my other distillery mm. colleagues um, to, to sharpen on my skills. And of course, working alongside um, the retired master blender, Mr. Ivanius Harris, um, he actually passed on some of the skills in terms of assessing our, our maturates and distillates that we currently have at Senusha Distillers and how to um, signature each one so that as a blender, you could know and, 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 and understand each one inside out. So at that point, you could know how you could go ahead if you're blending mm-hmm. to develop whatever material that is put forward, whatever project. And of course, I grew alongside him. And unfortunately, he had to leave. He's retired now. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm honored to, to carry on that task to continue his journey to continue producing world-class runs on behalf of St. Lucia Distillers. Yeah, and so you're, you're, you're living proof of growing with the company St. Lucia Distillers. Um, and- yes, yes, most definitely. And, and I feel very grateful for all the, the opportunities given to me to train, mm-hmm. both in terms of my technical skills and, of course, my sensory skills. So I'm here today to contribute towards the success and well-being of this company from now till I live. Yeah. And, and and as far as like a day to day basis of what you do now is it, it, what's it been like stepping into that role recently and and doing what you're doing now? Um, well, stepping on to that role, um, apart from being the master blender, where I oversee product development for rums, mm-hmm. and of course keeping a close eye on and check on our distillates and materials in conjunction with the cellar master, I also have the duties of performing the laboratory supervisory role where I oversee the entire quality assurance team wow. in terms yeah. of performing all our checks on a day-to-day basis. Because for us, we don't compromise quality as an ocean distiller. So all our processes and checks, procedures have to be maintained. So I oversee my um, staff. And of course, as the quality assurance coordinator, I, I oversee the entire process in terms of procedures and processes to make sure that we definitely stick to what our procedures and standard operating procedures are. So every bottle gets tested by you. We we know that every bottle that we've touched has gone through. <laughs> oh, yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. I am safe <laughs> to say that every single batch that is produced, we have evidence to show that it is quality assurance checked. Um, I will add in my piece here. He abuses some of us people <laughs> <laughs> who are stickler. on his testing panel. Oh, he yes, abuses oh, yes. us. Oh, he uses us a lot. <laughs> yes, as a master blender, I mean, personal preference, you have to rule this out for sure. So I like to <laughs> share out with the entire team. I like to hear opinions. We critique deeply here mm-hmm. at St. Lucia Distillers. And of course, as a master blender, sometimes you feel offended, but it actually aids you with producing a world-class and quality product mm-hmm. that the entire world can enjoy. So when you say sometimes there's, I'm guessing there's there's criticism or a negative reaction, oh, yes. is, oh, that, yes. is that to yes. a, a particular blend you're working on or, or like how does that manifest? Um, yeah, it, it often relates to a particular blend. I mean, prototypes are presented to the panel and mm-hmm. um, as a master blender, you, you tell yourself, I know deep down there's a quality blend in there that, that should be chosen. But again, it is personal preference with you as a blender doing the final assessment before you present to the team. And sometimes the results come back, the panel, they tell you they don't like none of them. And some of them, you know, you want, they want them tweaked. But as a master blender, you have to be humbled and you have to have that calmness where you have to accept as is 
and go back to the drawing board. Do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Tweak a little bit and then present again. And that's how we how we work at Sanusha Distillers. Teamwork is very important. That brings up an interesting question to me. One thing that I was was interested about going into this interview was just how how often are you working on a new blend? Is it all the time? And are, are do you have instructions coming from people in the company saying like we want something like this or is it just a creative exercise to constantly be trying to find new interesting blends and things like that what 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 does that life cycle of a blend look like well at San Lucia Distillers normally um as the master blender you get presented with a a, a project okay meaning that it, it can be raised up by sales and marketing who has an idea that they they want to launch a product um and they often present the criteria that they want you as a master blender to work around. But being the master blender where on a day-to-day basis, you get involved in the top-up exercise where we assess our cast in storage, um, the different years, alongside the seller master, you always get a feel for what you currently have in stores. The inventory, so, so to speak. Yes, 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 that's mm-hmm. correct. So or that, whenever that idea is presented, you as the master blender have to be quick thinking right away you have to snap and say yeah um it's like putting a puzzle together i i know exactly what casts to head towards what finishes what edges so mm-hmm. right away you can go ahead i mean it's, it's trial you can do some small scale quick blending just to get an, an initial feel and then in the end now you 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 present them and tell them yes i know how i will make it work with xyz and um of course costing is very important um, marketing right, also right. works with a yeah. costing, so you as the master blender have to know how deep you can dig into that that bond in terms of aging, and 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 what you can use to present that that final product, cost wise, but of of course quality wise as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, a few months back, John and I did kind of like a fake blending exercise. Oh. <laughs> with, um, we 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 had we had Karsten and Niels from ENA Shear in Amsterdam okay, on the podcast, okay. uh-huh. and we went through their exercise of like we made up a fake product and like came right. up with price points and okay, it's, okay. it's really hard. It's hard it to kind hard. of like yeah. figure out what's going to work and what what kind of rums you can use in order to like meet that mm-hmm. price point and stuff. Um, and so. that, that, that is one of the challenges that you have as a master blender. Um, sometimes to, to present the, the, the product that you want, you think will work when you go and you do that, that price check and you mm-hmm. assess it, it's out of the range. So, you now mm. as a master blender have to use that prototype you have there and roll back sort of to adjust in terms of ages and components right. and quantities to make it stay in that loop, but to make the price point reach into that range that they want to work with. So it can I, it at times be a little challenging, but again, once you know exactly what rums to work around in terms of the quantities and the types, then you just go on, you do your stuff and, and, and tweak back until you get something that can work. So on the note of the rum itself, I'd love to get from each of you what because the rums that you make to me are very distinctive. 
Um, oh, yes. They oh, taste yes. like St. Lucia rum. Um, and I always want to make sure I'm doing the the category of the distillery justice when people ask me how it's different from other rums. So yes, what, what, to, what to each of you is kind of the signature of St. Lucian rum? And how do you describe what makes it distinct from, say, you know, Barbados, Jamaica, you know, mm-hmm. other other countries uh, with, with long rum making traditions that people are familiar with? Well, we always say, um, and Denny, Denny and I actually had that discussion as a team. We were discussing it and saying oh, yes. that characteristic to our rums, there's always that sweetness on the nose and the mm. spiciness on the palate. Then based on which still and so it came from, you may get other characteristics such as the salt, the slight. Well, you always get oak as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. the definitely wood. And we get it um, even from young distillates, right? Quite oh, yes. early in the early. aging process. The and it's amazing at St. Michel Distillers, where we're located in the valley, in about two to three years, when you assess these maturities, like the quality that it presents to you is like you can actually pick up oak and wood from as early as two to three years. And it's amazing. Mm. When you look at some other young rums from some other companies, in terms of St. Lucia, our rums from as early as two to three years, you can get that nice, pleasant oak and wood present. And it amazes me. I Sometimes I get surprised and, and, and so shocked as a master blender when I assess some of these materials. And I was like, they're young and why they so already? It's like just the quality of aging for us here at San Lucia Distillers. So, you guys, you realize why we appointed him as the master blender. Right? <laughs> I mean, you could have right. a passion. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, yes, yes. It's, and and, and I, I can honestly say that every time I get a sample of a cast, it's like, it, it leaves me in suspense. It's like, expect to be wowed. And, and I can tell you, often not, especially when you head from five years onwards, you presented with a gem. Some of these rums, the notes that we get, tropical fruits, for instance, if our jonder two pot still, ripe mango. I mean, I absolutely love that note. And every time I get it, it brings that that joy to me in my heart. It's like, this thing is in the rum. It is not an extract that was put in there. It is not mango juice that was poured in there, but it is from the aging in the right. valley. And that, our column still, we get notes of marmalade, orange, ripe pear. I love that smell. Yeah. And each still is unique in its own character when they age. For instance, we have the Jondo and the Vendo mix distillery that we have mm-hmm. aging. Mm-hmm. We get nice hints of pineapple and mint and grapefruit. That is very, very lovely. And as a master blender, I mean, when you assess these materials and you get all these notes, it's like when you present a different task to put in a blend to present and you want to present a quality blend, giving you rums with these kind of characters, it actually makes the job very, very interesting and a bit fun that you actually have all these to play with in their different amounts when you mix them together. Trust right. me, the final product, what it presents to you is like a whole bouquet of all these notes. And I, one of the things I like as a master blender, if I was in Lucia rums, that note from our pot stills in particular and one of our column still rums is like we get that note of honey which is signature to it and it enhances our blending meaning that it enriches our nose on our blends and for me San Lucia rum the old blends when you assess it 
there is always that signature of honey that you can get on the nose and on the palate as well. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I know another signature is definitely going to be passion that goes into it. Yes. That's right. <laughs> like I said, you can hear it. It's, it's, oh, it's yes, great. Yes. It's and, great. And for me, I'm being honest, it's a joy because our rums is so well in this valley. Yeah. I was going to say I was jealous of you all already, but now I'm like double jealous <laughs> of just hearing how amazing yeah. this must be, this this job of yours. Yeah. One of the challenges you can face as a master blender is that assessing the rums and in terms of the ages that you, you pick up, you, there's some form of expectancy that you expect in terms mm-hmm. of character for these materials. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if it's not being delivered, it makes your life hell as a blender, meaning that you have to go around, juggle a lot more into the inventory to actually find casts to deliver what you want to present that masterpiece as a master blender. And the good thing about St. Lucia Distillers' rums and the materials is like often they age very well. And I can say, and I can attest being part of assessments of these barrels in our current topper process, where we keep a close eye on them as we go along throughout the year. Um, what we see is that if we detect any off notes, any undesirable notes that we detect early, often and not give recommendations to the seller master as to what to do with these rooms, whether we decast, recast, whether we blend with some edges that we have, or we mix different proportions, but we always monitor them, keep a quality check on them as we move along. It's like right. monitoring a baby as they grow. Yeah. And Often or not, as the master blender, what you get presented in this Paris is a gem. So, and I think we could we could talk a lot more and drill down even deeper into. Uh, you mentioned the different types of stills that you have, and and we'll oh, yes, get there. Yes. I, I think it it may be good for us uh, and and for some of our listeners to also give an overview uh, before we get into that too much of of Saint Lucia Distillers portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I know mm-hmm. you have you have Bounty Rum. Uh, Chairman's Reserve and Admiral Rodney, which I'm a super fan of. And, oh, yeah. and I know there's also. I 19- am too. <laughs> I'm proud to say that. Um, there's the 1931, and then uh, the don't Den forget Rose. Denros. Yeah, uh, Den- Denros. Denros is a local <laughs> brand. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. That's, that's only in Saint Lucia, right? Yes, local high strand. Got it. So all of those, you have all these brands. Can you give us, Margaret, we'll start with you. Can you? What do you tell people when they ask you about all the different brands and how do you distinct make them distinct for people? Okay, well, the, the, the main differentiation in those brands is the, the, the base product, that distillate that has gone into them. So mm-hmm. Denros is a strong rum that is a straight off the column um, and it's bottled at 80% alcohol. It's like wow. a commodity product used in St. Lucia. Um, every home would have a bottle of Denros and it is yes. what people use to make the local spice rums. and Any extracts, any fruit extracts, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, Honestly, that spirit, which is our spirit one that we pull from the highest split on the column still, it's very, very clean in character, very little congeners, mm-hmm. and it's able to extract a flavors. lot faster flavors from whatever fruit you like. So people in Sanusha tend to use it a lot to prepare their, their home extracts. Their it's spices. great at like taking on flavor. Right. And yeah. also it's very sweet. So you can also consume it as is. It's mm. sweet. And people often just add fruit juices to it, add some soft drinks to it. And well, they it's consume the base it for, as is. Yeah. for a lot of the rum punches in the hotel. So. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, then you have the Bounty. Bounty is a two to three year old uh, column still rum. 
mm-hmm. which is, I mean, a good mixing rum. It is the rum of St. Lucia. Uh, you, oh, anytime yes. if you come to St. Lucia, it is the most popular rum in St. Lucia. It is what St. Lucians drink. Bounty rum invokes national pride. This, oh, is, yes. this, oh, is, yes. this is home, you know, for St. Lucia. <laughs> am I correct in that it's really just been more recently that it's been available in some export markets? Is that right? Absolutely. Until... Okay. It's only about three years now. I mean, okay. it's only since um, Spirit Bam came on board that we've That's started correct. to export uh, Bounty Rum. It, again, it was always meant for the local markets. We lack that. Co- I have to admit, we lack that confidence to really push our put our rums out there. Yes, yes. And I always told them, I always, being on the inside, realizing that quality, I always told myself that one day I will see Bounty go out to the world and people will react to it in terms of quality because I felt like I mentioned two to three years our maturates are just so nice that spicy nice character that you get it's so very easy drinking Um, and we have a lot of we have flavors in it it has you know it's quite a wide variety and it's a colorful brand just like our St. Lucian personalities Um, apart from that you got the Chairman's Reserve Chairman's Reserve was born in 2001 and this mm-hmm. brand came out of Laurie Barnard wanting to do something new, wanting to diversify. He decided he's going into pot stills Very and <laughs> we were making these pot still rums and we had no idea what to do with them. And then he decided, okay, meantime, he's been sampling them all the time in the lab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I always expecting to see him every day, Can't especially around lunchtime. <laughs> During his walkabout, he's always creeping on me. <laughs> Sampling this rum. So, so at the time, he was the chairman of St. Lucia Distillers. So that's why we, we came up with the name. We had a, 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 a marketing guy called Barry Hart at the time. And he goes, you know, that's the chairman's reserve. He's been, he's been reserving it for himself. Let's launch a brand. So the idea was we launched a brand, which was a blend of the column still as well as the pot still rums. And so right. this is how we came out with the chairman's reserve. So... Yes, Again, yes. it is the, the base distillate, the base rum is different. And then as time went on, we launched Admiral Rodney in 1981. Um, Admiral Rodney, well, it actually came out before Chairman's, didn't do well because St. Lucia was not ready for an aged rum. Can you imagine that? Uh, huh. we, <laughs> we were not ready. We, we, we tried launching an aged rum, we weren't ready, and we had to relaunch later. Yeah, everybody was so into Bounty, Bounty, yeah. Bounty, and they stuck to it. And it is really and truly in essence, Admiral Rodney is the column still, but aged much later. I mean, Admiral Rodney, we have as as old as 18-year-old rum in Got Admiral it. Rodney. Um, so we have some very aged rums in there. In yes. fact, Admiral Rodney was what gave us the confidence and really, I mean, for me, I think that was where I truly... Um, appreciated what we were doing here in that we hired this gentleman to come in because remember it, the first try had been a disaster right so we brought mm. this gentleman back in and I was trying to remember what year it was in the it was in the early 2000s we brought this gentleman back in and asked him to come and help us blend Admiral Rodney and he was a retired gentleman who'd worked for another distillery for many years and when he blended this rum he it took him one day where he thought he was going to take a whole week it took him <laughs> one day to do the blend and he said to us you guys have the most amazing rum that I've ever tasted in my life. And he said, and this was an easy, 
easy, easy task and a pleasure to do. And when the man said that, our heart warmed and we were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That'll give you some confidence. That's, I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's, definitely, I mean... <laughs> and that is when I really appreciated that St. Lucia Distillers, we needed to be out there with the rest of the world in that we were as good as everybody and sometimes even better. We were just unknown. And this guy, you know, he really gave our confidence a boost. And I mean, I'm trying to remember, I think his name is Sonny Rodrigues. That was the name mm. of the gentleman. Yeah, and, it, um, and it certainly boosted our confidence. And that is where we started with Admiral Rodney. Things like the 1931. Well, you know, Laurie Barnard was always trying out stuff and he's always we have all these casts there that um we were really and truly not doing anything with and 1931 yeah. was an opportunity for us to use up a lot of the stock we have and just be creative go wild so Denny mm. didn't get Denny you, you got a bit of it but yes, Mr. Yes. Harris was the one oh, who yes. really and had I fun with that being around, um, because I was with him checking these barrels I mean right he was yeah. like okay, I see somewhere that we can touch up some of this class. So I like that idea. Let me let me go at it. And he actually said, yes, some of this class I think will work, especially with the 1931 mm -hmm. being a blend that would change every year. He felt that he had an idea and he got a way to actually use these barrels to produce some quality rums that we actually saw in this six 1931 blends that were done. Right. And since then, it's become more of a standard blend, right? It doesn't change as often now. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Yes. We've standardized the rums. I mean, okay. I think it's a big a, a big part of helping us um, be able to take our rums global um, by yes. having brands. You're able to register your, your brands and able to export under specific brands. So we now have one. What we've done is tried to choose probably one of the more popular blends of the mm. lot, Denny? Um, yes, actually it was a combination of the last three mm -hmm. where that we felt that the black version um, where we actually used the sugarcane lorries um, edge cane for the first time okay. and it will always remain a signature with me the black box um, that I remember was that the one, one. Yeah, where we actually introduced the edge cane that we was very instrumental in, in, in producing and um, allowing us to reach that moment where we were able to use it. And um, the, the last two versions, which were the white and the pink, mm -hmm. um, after this, the black one, we felt that these three, these three blends, um, Mr. Harris at the time looked at these three and he said that if we use these three blends and we look at the similarities in the components and we take the slight components that were different, we could just come up with one continual band that would cover all these three and we felt that the world would be able to embrace this blend and that's why we came up with the the continual blend that we have now as chairman mm -hmm. of so you kind of took bits and pieces from each yes, of those yes. three blends yes. to create okay something that kind yes. of ties so them all for instance together. the the cane which we used in the black box the fourth edition we actually have that cane, that edge cane, in the continual Chairman's of 1941. So that is where it actually came from. And when you say aged cane, you're you're referring to some of the rum that you make there from fresh sugar cane juice, correct? That's correct. Okay. Crushed hair, fermented hair, distilled right. hair, and aged hair. All through Laurie's innovation. 
Yeah, on that note, you know, we've touched on a lot of the different kind of, you just had this array of, you have the two John Doerr pot stills, you have the Vindo mm-hmm. still, you have the coffee column still, you're making rums from molasses, you're making a little bit of rum sugar from cane. that fresh sugar cane juice that, mm-hmm. that, that yes. you grow right there. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there are so many possibilities at your disposal as a master blender. And you, oh, spoke, yes. Oh, yes. you spoke a little bit earlier about um, you know how how great that is, but I, I could also see the other side of the coin being it can it can be challenging to work with so many different options. And yes. I was interested to ask, like, is it is it are there challenges that come with it? Is it ever overwhelming to have so many options at times? And we didn't even get into yet, which we'll talk about more in a bit. The, all the different types of casks that you're using as well. So there's yes. just so many different variables. And right. how ha- how do you manage all of that? Well, the the challenges can be. If you do not keep an eye on all these eardrums that you have in the inventory, as a master blender, when you presented with these projects to work on, you will sometimes have to brainstorm and think for a very long time as to what exactly can make that project happen. Hmm. But I can safely say, and I'm grateful for that topper process that we started through our new owners, keeping a close eye on our inventory, you actually get a feel for all these various types of barrels as you go along throughout the year. So deep down, you have a snap snapshot, sorry, in your brain of all these different types of casts and where they are in terms of the ages. So as the master blender now, when you presented with a project to work on, you can actually pinpoint exactly which areas and which types of materials to pull out and um, collect samples to do that, that, blend which would actually give you the character that you want so it sounds like as long as you have kind of systems processes in place that's for correct. making that's sure correct. you have a handle on 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 your yes. inventory that's yes. kind of the key to managing so many different variables yes as a master blender you need to keep a close check on the materials as they go along so you always have that in your memory so as the projects come along then you know exactly where to go but if you do not do this and you let the long time pass then often or not, it makes the work even harder and longer where you actually have to request samples, go and check them. And often or not, the guys in cast are always at it busy at times and you have that waiting period where you have to just have no choice but to just wait on them when they're able to present you with these samples. So it can actually make your time to develop a blend a lot longer. But yeah. the- uh, Danny's not confessing that. Um, in fact, we've had uh, we've had a couple of times where we have had a few challenges. Uh, for example, oh, yes. we've we've got fifty mystery casts right now. Which is crazy. <laughs> mystery cast. Serious oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is this a sequel to the to the forgotten <laughs> cast? Yeah, this is the mystery casts. <laughs> they could be. They, they could, could be. be. <laughs> we, we, we've just got, had an exercise where we actually physically, so we've always had um, computer programs with all the, yeah. the casts laid out. So we knew what approximately we're supposed to have. And we knew our numbers are pretty accurate. But yeah. we're not, we've just, we're building two new sellers. We should be moving in um, by March into two of them that they, they can hold 7,000 casts. So we'll be moving into those sellers. So we've been going through and topping up and checking our stocks and verifying. So we've come across 50 cats, which are not on our, um, in our, in our system. And they have lost their tags because the tag has a tag. And 
And so we've been having Denny's having some fun right now. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. How do, you, know how do you reverse engineer that? How do you figure it out? <laughs> Denny, you need help. Um, well, I can I can safely attest and, and I can thank the retired Mr. <laughs> Harris. Um, he often would pull me over, call me. I mean, I would be about my busy schedule and call me like, um, check this too. He would give it to me blind and tell me, do you detect what is that? <laughs> similarities or differences? What is that? And then this is where he actually trained me to signature each type of maturate mm. and to know exactly what to look for and how do you rule out in terms of the different pot seals, John Doe 1, John Doe 2, mm-hmm. in terms of unknowns. If you presented with unknowns from these different seals, how you can eliminate and know which is which. So it's like you've been working to this moment. You're prepared. This yes. is, this yeah. is the <laughs> ultimate test, right? And, and, and he was often test. telling me, um, I, I feel I can retire now because, I mean, you 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 understand you do everything. I mean, Mr. Harris would tell me, oh, I'm at work today, but I don't think I need to be. I can go do something today because you there. I mean, he had so much, I can confidence say, in you. he had so much confidence in me. And mm, yeah. I am very grateful um, when he personally told me that he was the only one who would feel comfortable working alongside. Um, and of course, like I saw, we both had that calmness in us and we were able to handle pressure a lot. So he felt that he wanted me alongside him. Most of the day. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I had a task to take on. But early on, we would be here very early. And he would like, boy, I do like that blend. What I get this morning there. <sighs> Come and smell it. Come and smell it. And tell me if you pick up what I pick up. And it is where he taught me that because of the complexity of our materials, they're so complex in terms of the congeneric profiles. Like mm, when you put a yeah. blend together, especially these age blends, the resting time that we have to devote to them is it has to be long. It's like the profile can change over time. And he always tells me to make sure that these blends are not rushed. Requesting enough time, weeks, possibly sometimes a month. It depends on the type of project so that you can get a comfortable feel for that blend. Because our blends are so complex. And putting this together, what it brings out, sometimes the true quality doesn't come out after sometimes weeks to a mm. month. And if you assess it too early, you don't get the quality that you're supposed to get in terms of the, the final blend. So it needs time to kind of that's to, to right. gel, yeah, so to marry together. That's right. resting time is very, that's okay. right. That's right. And, yeah. and I think, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I remember hearing like the, the Chairman's Reserve original blend. Mm-hmm. Um, that one rests for six months, right? At once you put everything together. Yes, yes. yes. Because what we do is it, it has both pot still and column still. Two different column still materials and the John Doe one, um, John Doe two, sorry, pot still that we put together. That preliminary blend now is, is introduced into the bourbon cast for six months. We allow it to marry. And what we do is we decast that, that blended preliminary chairman's reserve room. Mm-hmm. And what we do, we use it as some of a base. And we add some more edge pot steel, John Doe 2 and column steel rooms to it to bring up that final Chairman's Reserve blend that we have as the Chairman's Reserve original. It's like Got a it. tune-up. Like yes, gonna, yes. <laughs> just give it a little hit. <laughs> and what we realize is that the six months, what it does is it gives some form of calmness ah. and depth to that final blend that you get. And 
that is what we see when we taste Simon's Reserve in terms of the, the depth and the smoothness that we get. In six months, because again, like I mentioned, because of the quality aging that we have in the valley where we're located, it, it enhances our blends to get a little more character in terms of the depth. And, and, and what we see with Chairman's is when we rest that preliminary blend in this cast for six months, giving us that that character to, to build up that final blend, mm-hmm. it produces a beautiful product that we see yeah. Chairman's is original. And coming off of Chairman's Reserve Original, I actually want to turn to uh, something newer with Chairman's Reserve. And I wanted to mention one of the ways that a lot of our listeners have deepened their relationship with St. Lucia Rum more recently is through the master's selection of Chairman's Reserve. So we were hoping you could talk a little bit about how that program got started and what that process is like and explore that a little bit. Really and truly, um, the Chairman's Master Selection was as a result of people expressing a desire to buy our cars. Um, we had a large number of cars. GBH had bought our company. Uh, they're looking at us and saying, oh, you, my God, you, you guys are so complicated. Um, your blends <laughs> are so complex. You've got so many different things in your that make up your rums. Um, you know, to, to sometimes I, I felt like we were being a bit criticized here. Um, um yeah, often at times, yes. Yes, yes, that's that's For having too much in a small area. <laughs> and um, but then they've come to realize that you know, we and we all realize this is actually our strength. It's it's how complex our blends are, they're not easily reproduced. That's right, um, that's right. and it's what makes us unique and very different. Very so true. It has now given the opportunity for people to come and taste. We've had our promotion where you can come and visit the distillery. We -hmm. allow you to taste our distillates. We allow you to taste them as they age and how they transform over the years. And then people then get to see what we put in the final product. And there's been so much interest in that and so much uh, reaction from people asking about our, you know, people preferring specific um, rums and so right. and yes, so we yes. got to the point where, okay, there was an agreement we'll sell to somebody and I do remember Ian Burrell actually coming into St. Lucia uh, I've heard yeah. of him yeah. <laughs> yes, on yes. behalf of somebody else and they said to and you know, they'd been, they'd been a promise to sell a cask and Ian had to choose that cask. Do you remember that Denny, so oh, there yes. was Ian with the with the, the the guys in the the cellar master and the guys choosing. Okay, so which one? So we can okay. So let's take down this one and then we had to draw samples and then mm-hmm. they tasted and realized. Well, wait a minute, people actually want to come and sample right. and taste their own rum. Their, their, yeah. the, so we we've now we're now deconstructing Chairman's Reserve and giving That's people right. an opportunity to buy a barrel. So every right. year. We go through between, De- well, it will be now Denny and the seller master. Yeah. They will go through the list and see what has that we have in excess and now offer that to people so that you can buy your, you can choose your own rum and then we will bottle it for you under the Chairman's Reserve brand. So that, that's really the concept behind it. But it really came out of um, demand. Um, you know, the, right. the, the rum geeks and rum geeks like us. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And, I, and I, I can honestly say that some of these components, when we look at them, um, some of these materials on their own, they can stand as a blended rum because of the character that you get. Yeah. Mm. That oak wood, that very beautiful sweetness that you get. Right. 
And of course, some of them, for instance, the older pot stills, you get beautiful notes of almond, chocolate, papaya, anise, yeah. and I mean, pineapple, some of which you can just sip in a room. Yeah. And it's just a cast, not a blended room. Yeah, I have to <laughs> confess, I, I actually had a chance to go through this uh, not too long ago with the Florida Rum Society, where they're doing a master selection uh, of Chairman's Reserve. And uh, Chris Chris Funk uh, walked us through it. And it, it oh, was wow. really, really great to, as you, go, you all are saying, it's interesting for rum geeks like us to get to explore the different components and deconstructions oh, yes. Oh, yes. of what we already love so much with the Chairman's Reserve releases and, and other St. Lucia rums. So I have to ask you, uh, knowing whose pick has been the most masterful of the master selection so far, and why is it the Florida <laughs> Rum Society pick? <laughs> That's not a fair question. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. We all know whose it is. I, I am interested though. Is it is this like a negotiation, Denny, where like when they come to you saying we need some casks for the master selections, or are you ever like, no, don't take those? Like I, I need these. Like oh, what is what is that process like? Believe you me, it is a negotiation at the highest oh, yes, level. Yes, because I mean we don't want to sell our house and we have to sleep outside. Right, right, right. <laughs> of our blends and continue in terms of production. So we don't want to sell a lot of our Age casts, for instance, that we might need for Admiral Rodney mm, yeah. and Chairman's yeah. Reserve and 1931. And today yep. or tomorrow, we get a large order where we have to do a large volume blend and we're stuck. I will have the headache to try and figure out how to navigate around that. And I'm hoping that this doesn't happen. So with me being around, we'll keep a close eye on the inventory just to make sure that we don't get that extra pressure on ourselves in terms of blending. Because we want to make sure that we continue producing quality blends. And of course, as the master blender, blending is something that you could also be able to navigate in terms of your formulation. So if you do have a certain year, I mean, you can always work around it by exploring different components. Um, but we don't want to have to face that task too much at Senusha Distiller. So what we do is we, we keep a close eye on the inventory and we're able to present to the, the buyer what we think. I assure you, although there's no really no need to worry because we've got eight thousand two hundred filled casks. That's oh, right. That's, that's right. good news. That's good I was news. just going to put an order in for eight thousand two hundred casks. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you mentioned that number. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. So you want us to sell our house and sleep outside? No. <laughs> we'll I won't want to sleep a, outside if it's cold. We'll be though. making a few more this year. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I do think that's so fascinating, and it, oh, yeah, it's oh, been yeah. really fun for me just to to get to sample several of those different master selection uh, releases and just get a feel for the different characteristics of the stills. I know I had I, I was I was having a, a sample of one the other night. Someone sent me that was I forget which pick it was, but I know it was a hundred percent from the Vendome still, um, okay, and that okay. one just really spoke to me. There was just something yeah. about it. I was like, man, this is great. So tra- transitioning a little bit, we we've. Margaret, you've made several references to, to Spearbaum, um, which mm-hmm. are, are, are a lot of our listeners are familiar with. Um, we've had uh, we've had Keo O'Brien from from Spearbaum on the podcast before. She she came mostly to focus on the Martinique brands in their portfolio. Okay, okay. Um, okay. But it was actually on that episode we spent so much time we we didn't have enough time to talk about Saint Lucia Distillers, and that's one of the moments oh. when I were like, okay, we we have to do it needs its own episode. So she um, told me you guys had so much fun she even forgot she was on an interview she was laughing the that's whole our goal. way through that's our goal every time that's great yeah no we, we always have fun and and so 
since the the partnership the the purchase happened what have been the biggest changes you've referred to some of them but just looking at it at a high level over the last four to five years what have been some of the Mm -hmm. biggest differences that that has made for st lucia distillers well i i have to first of all say how i mean we were very fortunate we got you know, the best investor. The Our previous owner was an insurance company. They had got into financial troubles. Mm. And so there was no choice but to sell the company. I mean, that company owned, apart from San Lucia Distillers, they owned Ray and Nephew. They owned mm-hmm. Angostura right. in mm-hmm. Trinidad. Mm-hmm. So they owned quite a few um, distilleries. And San Lucia Distillers was one of the first ones to be sold. Oh, um, yeah. And we were very fortunate that um, GBH purchased us. Because since then, um, having gone through 10 years of, um, you know, uh, struggling financially, suddenly there's been a lot of investment. I mean, if you had come to St. Lucia, if you come to St. Lucia Distillers today, there's no place to even walk. Our yard is filled with, we're aging in the yard, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere you can put the casks. Wherever. So we're busy making rum and we're innovating and we're creating all of these new things, but we have nowhere to put them so we've been putting it in the in the yard so our yard is crowded we filled with casks even the barrel filling process the stuff uh, it's if it's raining they can't do it because they a lot of the barrel filling occurs outside the car outside that's right. That's right. the hoses come through and they are filling outside so we had a we have a lot of old processes a lot of upgrades that needed to be done and gbh has most certainly um there's been no expense spared. They are investing. They see St. Lucia Distillers as having huge potential and they are making all the investments that we need. Um, so we'll be moving into beautiful new warehouses, um, cellars in, in, in two months time. We have a lovely barrel filling facility that's coming on board. They're going to be introducing a beautiful tour beautifying our grounds. And all of this has been done, but nothing has been done to change our process mm and what we do and how we do it so they have now embraced they have embraced how we make our rum they've they 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 think highly and i could tell from the you know the the international team and what their job they're doing now promoting our rums they're doing an Uh amazing job um they really feel highly um and strongly about our rums they have not changed the core of the company but believe you me they've certainly spending the money um putting in the necessary investments so come visit us in another two years two to three years i mean it's been a few years ongoing and we will be totally transformed i can't wait to show us to the world when everything is done you know all our as as our changes occur i mean they're redoing our fermentation process we've ex we we, they've redone fermentation but we've left our finishing fermenters just as you know same concrete finishing fermenters so that Mm, nothing Mm. changes it's just tidy it up refurbish it but leave it exactly as it is so they're not changing anything obviously we we now have a new french boss um, (laughs) (laughs) but i must say he's very nice so we we warmly welcome him and um so we've got to learn a little bit of french and to integrate and um (laughs) 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 that's that's the extent of our of our french knowledge yes (laughs) and um They've also brought their skills in the area of packaging. Let me tell you, we made amazing rums, but our packaging was so lousy. Oh, 
they've fixed our packaging um, and you'll see, so you're seeing a lot more beautiful packaging, the same products, yeah. but a lot more beautiful packaging, um, better presented, clear storylines um, and bringing our message to the world. So so that is how, um, oh, yeah. you know, Spirit Baman. And then also now we have a team that we can work with. I mean, the marketing people who've come on board, the sales mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you start talking like Kiel and Ben, and then in the in mm-hmm. Europe, you've got Matthew and yeah. Audrey. Audrey. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. These guys are amazing. I could sit and oh, listen yeah. to them for hours, you know, and I guess they could listen to us as well too when we start <laughs> yeah. talking about production. Oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah. But it's just, you know, uh, we have a lot more resource at our at our fingertips. And um, mm-hmm. so we've, I mean, this has been an amazing experience and uh, I can't wait to see where we go to in the future. Yeah, most definitely. I, it's just a pity Laurie Barnard is not around to yeah, see. You know, because yeah. he gave us, he gave us that solid background. He, oh, yes. Oh, yes. He, he, you know, if it wasn't for that groundwork that he did all these years mm-hmm. ago, True, we yeah. would not be as successful as we Yeah, are. I remember oftentimes when I just came in, I I mean I used to hear him saying um yeah I, I won't be around to 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 see these these rooms. Um mm. you guys you guys will take care of it. Mm. And he would always pass on and say it loudly by me. I don't know if he probably saw that. <laughs> he had a premonition. Yeah, yeah. But he was very innovative and he was very quick thinking and he was a great thinker in terms of aging. Yeah. So he often wanted to experiment. And we have some wine cast there that came through his innovation. And oftentimes he would always say, um, yeah, I, I, I left them there for you guys. I mean, <laughs> you, you guys are checking them, but I Do wouldn't be around to see them used. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, yeah. and I must say, we are here today and I'm privileged to be the master blender for St. Lucia Distillers. And these samples, what I see in them is like, I always remember him because here we are today with these beautiful materials and they're there and I'm looking forward to using them to create some fantastic stuff in the near future. I mean, all because of Mr. Barnard and his his innovation. Mr. Barnard's name came up on the previous interview we did with Dr. Frank (laughs) Ward from, uh, who was managing director of Mount Gay for many years, chairman of Mm -hmm. Worspa. I'm sure you're past. Oh, I know. I know Frank very well. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, um, at the end of our conversation, uh, Laurie's name came up in passing, and, and uh, Frank actually said as a quote, one of the unsung heroes of heroes, the rum yeah. industry, Absolutely. and really mentioned that he was way ahead of, of many other distilleries at the time. And I feel like we're kind of, you know, rum consumers now are mm-hmm. seeing the fruits of that labor in the output of your distillery. Yes. Um, and, and Margaret, I know you worked alongside him for so many years. W- yeah. What to you are some of the enduring ways he impacted the rum industry? Well, Laurie Barnard was like a sponge, I keep saying. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> and anybody he spoke to. I mean, so he was always speaking to people. So you'd hear people like Ed Hamilton, Alexander yeah. Gabriel, Frank Ward. I mean, you, wherever you go around the world, anybody he could find who was into rum and was, you know, I mean, don't, don't ask for the Jamaicans. Um, we had Lloyd Forbes. We had, oh, yes. Wow. I mean, everybody would, he would invite them to visit us and he would go visit them and he would absorb everything that everybody else was doing and would bring it back to us. And it was always a new idea. You know, we need to try this. You know, yes, we need yes, to yeah. try that. And I, I can say I have some samples that 
he brought back from his trips. Mm. And I cherish them there in a box. And every time I open that box, I remember Mr. Barnard. He yeah, would man. like walk in and tell us, look, when we open a bag, it's like a rum sample. Um, I want you guys to, to check on this. I, I find it interesting. He, he always, he was a, a thinker. He was always at it, always wanted to stay in the game. I mean, he read a lot. He was a deep thinker and, and he loved to explore. And that's yeah. where we yes. actually ended up with that, that age sugar king that we have here. Yep. Yeah. And so I had to keep at my bedside. I always kept a notebook and my... <laughs> <laughs> and it was for Laurie Barnard because he would call 10 o'clock in the evening. Robert, I, I, I don't mean to disturb you, but I just had a great idea. Don't you think we should be doing this and this and this and this? And or he'd be in yeah. his car. And from the time he leaves, he's the car phone, the phone is on and he's calling. So I'm not yes. Surprised. Um so I'm just thinking, this is what we should be doing. And what about this? You know, and shouldn't I ask the lab to do this? What yes. about um, you know, we have an opportunity to invest and do this and so shouldn't we try that? Don't you think? What do you think about that? So it was like always it was like okay what is he coming out with now you know fortunately his wife is a similar type was a similar type personality so mm-hmm. i think <laughs> they worked off each other mm-hmm. um they were so yeah. full of energy and ideas and what have you because even she would call and say well you know i have an idea for the tour you should try so i realized they were they, they worked well together but um yes that, that was one of the things i always remembered but um su- surprisingly he was quite a shy guy um very really? quiet, yeah. very shy. Yes, <laughs> you wouldn't. Um, when you speak rum, he's a to- he transformed into a oh, totally yes. different person. I can attest to that. Most times he would come very quiet. Very, he would sometimes come around lunchtime, stop. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That's the news about this tourism thing, and and that's the only time I would hear him speak. Uh-huh. Apart yes. from that, hmm. is rum. Yeah. The next thing he would come to speak about is rum. Yeah. And he was very passionate about the process <laughs> yep. as well. He would come to me, Danny, how are my cells looking? When I tell him, yeah, um, oh, they're looking very healthy, very robust, they're looking good. He would actually come to the microscope. Um, can he I have a look? <laughs> he wants to see. Wow. Oh, yeah, I can see them. These guys look good. Yeah, and he would just walk about. And I, it, it, it showed me from early that this was a man with a passion for rum. And he yeah. was very involved. And he had a great passion for the entire process from yeah. molasses down to the finished product. So in the spirit of Laurie Bernard, then, are mm-hmm. you able to talk a little bit about what might be up next for St. Lucia Distillers? Is there anything you guys are experimenting with right now? or Maybe some of those mystery release? casks. Mystery casks. <laughs> casks in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> We don't forget we've got yep. the mystery cast. We've been we've been recently playing a lot with finishes. Um, oh yes, you know Laurie had never really been into finishing. Uh, um, I guess we had never really considered that. He'd been he thought about you know when the distillate going directly into the barrel, different barrels, and then aging for the period of time. But now we we like Denny's saying we're seeing um, a transformation of the rums as they we try different finishing. So we mm-hmm. we've been experimenting with some of that as well, and um, you know we, we can't reveal all our secrets here right now. But, um, <laughs> well, just some. We don't need them all. We only need you know one or two, one or two secrets. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, 
but those are really along the lines that we're working on. Um, yeah. Ian did reveal in a in a in a previous um interview, I was with Ian, the distillery manager, that yeah. he we've just invested in fermentation, which means he will have you know a good supply of fermentation, and um, he we've got the. Vendom still that has nine plates. So he, I think Ian is planning to do some experimentation there. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and I have a personal dream. This is, this was Laurie Barnard's last wish was for us to go into Hyesterum. Um, mm-hmm. And I do hope before I retire, we're able to do that. That's, that's one of our, our dreams here oh, yes. to, oh, yes. to work on a Hyesterum. So we, we, mm-hmm. we, 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 we're starting the process for that one. That, that I imagine will lead to some really fun tasting sessions uh, yes. for, for Jimmy <laughs> and, and everyone, right? <laughs> well, I know so, any, any time I, the word Hyester comes up, you know the 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 people who are really into rum get extremely excited. So fire up um, the base, and, and yeah, I, I count myself among those uh, in that group. So okay, that's, nice, nice. And then I, I really wanted to 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 put down a a, a pit and for us to do one. Um, so I'm hoping we 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 see his dream through. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah hopefully. Excellent. Well, um, I know we've, we've kept you into the evening over there, so we won't keep you much longer. We do have one That's final okay. segment That's okay. um, <laughs> that I gave you some advance warning about, but it is, it's the special rapid fire segment yes, of the I episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, <laughs> I, I have an idea here, something we haven't tried before. Um, when we have two guests on, in the mm-hmm. past, we've only had one of them do it, but you have both been so delightful. I'd love to find a way to get both <laughs> of you to respond to each question. So, John, what I'm thinking is normally we put 60 seconds on the clock. I'm mm-hmm. maybe thinking I bump it up to 90 seconds, and then okay. maybe each of you give a response after each no question. Problem. So, Margaret, you could give a response, and then pause, uh-huh. and then, Denny, you can give your sure, answer to the question. Sure, How about sure, that? Sure, pleasure. No okay, problem. we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the good news problem. is there's no wrong answers in this, okay. in this, this segment. This is true. So. This is true. All right. So, John, any, any, any advice you want to give them before we start? No, this is either going to be amazing or go off the rails immediately. We will see, <laughs> but I am so looking forward to trying it. All right, Will, whenever you're ready, yeah. All right, so I have, I have 90 seconds on the clock and go. All right, neat or on the rocks? On the rocks. On the rock for me. All right. <laughs> column, pot, or blend? Column. <laughs> column for me. All right. Molasses, yeah. cane juice, or cane syrup? Oh, molasses. Molasses for me. Okay. So far the same. All right. I couldn't, I help, know. I couldn't yeah. help but notice that both of you have alliterative names like comic book characters. Are you are you willing to admit that you're both secretly rum superheroes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think so, but Denny is. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah. To some extent, I will say yeah. <laughs> okay, Denny is all right. Part-time superhero. That's right. Ven- <laughs> Vendome or coffee still? Ooh, coffee still. <laughs> coffee still for me. All right, John Door one or John Door two? Uh, JD one. Yeah, John Door one for me. Okay. Yes. Can you for divulge sure. the fate of the person who was responsible for forgetting about the casks that were eventually used in Chairman's forgotten casks boss- bottling? I mean, what <laughs> happened to them? Did they get fired or did they get promoted? <laughs> he he's still around and he refuses to admit he forgot the casks. Okay, right. so 
don't you dare mention that to him. Oh, he yes, will get oh, yes. angry with you. <laughs> I mean, oftentimes I, I, I tend to tease him a lot. <laughs> All right. Thanks for you, forgetting. Yes. All right. Your favorite mixed drink using St. Lucia rum? Oh, for me, it's a mojito using bounty lime. For me, it's... Um, I like the Necroni where we use German spice and gotcha. Campari. All right, no, that's time. All right, that's it. Oh, you. <laughs> let me tell you, you're so lucky because I had ones on there. You didn't want to get to those. So. <laughs> Denny, by the way, I agree with you. I love rum Negronis. I was just talking about that recently on another episode. So yeah, I was yeah, pleased to hear you I, say actually, that. I was away on vacation a few weeks ago when I saw your emails and I was going through them and that's what I had in my hand. There you go. German spice yeah. Negroni. <laughs> I actually love German spice. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful spice rum, such a beautiful flavor. And yeah, that's something we didn't get to talk about enough. I know. I know, Saint, right? Saint Lucia has a really nice spiced rum. Uh, 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 that's a whole kind of like a of thing over there, rum. right? Yeah. Yes. What you would find in Saint Lucia is that um, Saint Lucians don't actually drink the bottle spice rum. Everybody yes, has their own right. recipe, one, so one, we right. export more of our spice rums. Than we actually sell locally. That Denros is the one, the product used for the local spice rums. Mm. <laughs> what's the What's the best locally made, like homegrown spice rum that you had? Who makes the best one? Oh my! Oh my! I heard, <laughs> I heard one of the best ones was a guy going around door to door selling in the communities, you know. But I haven't tasted his own. Truthfully, um, I can't tell you. It just there's just so many. Every That's and everybody, true. yeah. You're talking. I'm, Thousands one of different spice rooms. <laughs> one thing I can say is each spice room is unique because yeah. people tend to go all out to find different spices mm. and, and, and some use fruits and each in their different amounts. I mean, you'll taste a spice from two different people in the neighborhood and, and, and you'll never find them doing the same spice. Although they mm-hmm. use the same components, but the way that they mix them up, mm-hmm they will never be the same. And that's what makes an ocean spice. It's like a fingerprint. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of them actually have the secret formula that they won't tell you at all. Yeah. They might tell you what some of what they use, but deep down, there's something that they didn't tell you. (laughs) A lot of them are for medicinal purposes as well. So it depends on your your, your mood, your spirit, whatever ailment Mm -hmm. you have. Right, right, right. So... Well, rum cures yes, all. Yes, some like of the fishermen say. before they go out to sea <laughs> early morning, they they would take a little bit of their their home spice. Teddy, don't the expose them, <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh, we we better uh, we better wrap this up before it it does go off the rails and somebody gets exposed here. Uh, we, don't even have, we, we don't even have a drink. Huh? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to join us. Um, oh, yes, I know. I, I I've got to get now. I've got to get two trips to St. Lucia on the calendar because I need to see what it looks like before all of the changes you're talking oh, yeah. about so I can do yeah. the before and after comparison, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 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 
All right, so that was our interview with St. Lucia Distiller CEO Margaret Montplaisy and master blender Denny Duplaisy. Uh, what a great, fun interview with them and so much passion, as we mentioned. It, it was such such fun to talk to them and the, the insights that they were able to give us on St. Lucia Distillers was just really a great conversation. Um, we hope that you enjoyed that as much as we did. And if you did, we want to know about it and we want to hear about how are uh, the interviews going and what are some of the things that you may want to hear about uh, when we do these interviews? What are some of the questions you may want to ask or who are the people that you might like to hear from in the future? So if you want to give us uh, that information, it's reach out to us at, at host at rumcast.com. That's H-O-S-T at rumcast.com. Or feel free to hit us up on social media at rumcast at uh, Instagram or on Facebook. Anything else to add before we get out of here? Uh, I would just say also be sure to head over to the rumcast website when you get a chance at rumcast.com we added as we mentioned last week a page dedicated to keeping track of rum societies around the world so hopefully being able to pair as many people up with a local community of rum lovers wherever they live uh, it's a work in progress we're always adding more if there are some that we're missing uh, same email address let us know host at rumcast.com that page is at rumcast.com slash rum dash societies or if you just go to rumcast.com there's a link at the top that says rum societies so check that out uh, as always if you like what you're hearing on the podcast please leave us a review at apple podcasts uh, that's always really helpful it helps more people find the show and uh yeah i think that's it so until uh, until next time i'll talk to you then john all right Thank you.